This is the WFG National Title Insider Report, your weekly download on the market, featuring industry experts, thought leadership, and what's trending to keep you informed and ahead of the market. In this download, Executive Vice President for Agency Development, Chuck Kane checks in with an update as we close out a volatile first quarter and look ahead for clarity in Q2 and beyond. Hey, Chuck, uh, thanks for joining us. It's been a few weeks, I think, March 13th since we last spoke, and that seems like an eternity, and a lot has changed, uh, and some things have accelerated as well. Give us a download on how things are here at month end in March, and we're talking everything from maybe time frames for loan application to closing, um, and let's talk Ron, too, while we're at it. I mean, where are we at with all this? Well, thank you, Brian. And uh, and you're right. When we uh, last spoke on the 13th, that seems like uh, an era ago. And, uh, you know, we're uh, we are in a very different place from where we were just uh, two and a half weeks ago. And things have accelerated uh, at a very, very high rate. What we're seeing, what we were seeing then, you know, as far as loan applications and turn times and refinance orders still remain strong. It, uh, we were seeing that a lot of warehouse lenders uh, were concerned about liquidity and about how much they could take. And uh, some of the uh, federal bill that came into being here in the uh, last few days, that's going to help them. Mortgage servicers uh, have been very, very concerned about liquidity, especially in uh, the, uh, with the issue of uh, forbearance on foreclosure and default. What does that do to their liquidity? They are still concerned as of the 31st here that uh, as to that liquidity issue. And there's a lot of discussion that we're going to see a second bill come through Congress here that's going to hyper-focus on some more industries and, and pump some more money into the economy and provide some more assurance. But the... Um, application process and the loan turn times continues to be uh, very sluggish in the marketplace. Um, you know, four to six weeks is what most lenders will say that they can get a refinance closed still at this point in time. The lenders uh, and Fannie Mae has advised uh, lenders that they need to look at those pending applications because, and this was a comment that was made uh, by people at Fannie the middle of last week, that uh, those applications that were taken before March 10th, that was to say about two weeks prior, they need to review those because perhaps as many as 15% of those applications are no longer viable, in part because people have lost their jobs. Hmm. So there's a lot of transactions out there, whether they all close, and we have always seen a fairly significant fallout on refinances for a variety of reasons. People find a better rate, they change their mind, whatever happens, that um, the fallout rate in refinances uh, generally is far higher than it is in the buy-sell business. But uh, that being said, it could be substantially higher. And so a lot of orders that uh, title and settlement agents are sitting on right now that they may have gotten in the early part of March, those may just be sitting in the uh, virtual file drawer here for some time. And uh, so it's important to work with lenders as to uh, what their time frames are, what are they doing in, re- in review of their uh, outstanding portfolio, and also as to their applications 
in regard to uh, those transactions that may not be uh, still viable to uh, be closed. So it's uh, it has changed substantially, the buy-sell business. Now, it depends on what market you're in. Uh, I've heard that in Florida, buy-sell transactions are still moving along pretty well. I think a lot of that may be snowbird investment and uh, people buying properties that may not be physically walking through those properties. But by and large, throughout the marketplaces, uh, we've heard from anywhere to a 20% drop in buy-sell activity to an over 50% drop in buy-sell activity in select marketplaces. So the purchasing and selling of homes has come to, if not a dead stop, a very slow rolling stop uh, across the country. And we're going to see that for a while. And I think it's pretty obvious as to uh, what those reasons are. People don't want to have uh, potential buyers parading through their house. Buyers don't want to parade through a house that they don't know anything about. People don't want to move. A uh, great concern uh, for the GSEs and uh, secondary market in particular was uh, in regard to um, their um, sale guidelines as to appraisal because appraisers were saying, you know, we're not so sure we want to go through these houses yeah. or home inspectors. So we're seeing a lot of shakeout and fallout. I think in the next two to three weeks, we'll get a better sense of where we are in terms of sort of what the daily business will look like. But Ron certainly has been a, uh, a rocket in the air here for uh, virtually every jurisdiction in the United States. Fannie buys Ron transactions in 31 states. They're looking to be able to expand that to 50 states. But this is something that uh, has to uh, be approached with prudence because some of the bills that have come forward and some of the um, governor's orders that have come forward may in fact be illegal. They sometimes aren't practical because it's uh, a circumstance where they don't think through all the technology issues. We've seen here in the last 24 hours on the heels of New York reaching out and saying that, yes, you're going to be able to uh, do some type of uh, remote uh, transaction where the uh, AG in New York is suddenly concerned that Zoom, who's one of the major uh, companies in uh, the country, may have security issues. Now, not saying they do or don't, but when you've got those two things happening simultaneously, where are you? Can you use Zoom? I don't think you should. But uh, and not because of anything about Zoom other than the fact that it's an unsecure uh, platform. Uh, we have secure platforms. They've been around for months and years. And uh, those are the places to go. Closing a loan via Skype does not sound to me to be a good idea. And uh, we may, in regard to this, um, as to the old adage, we may act in haste but repent in leisure that uh, these loans are going to be around for a while. The title insurance industry is an industry that uh, insures the past but pays out those claims in the future. And so our industry has to look at this step by step. What can we do to keep the economy moving and uh, to keep business flowing? But how can we do this prudently in such a way that, say, three or four years from now, when uh, in the coolness of those days, people may not remember why all these things were done or not think that, uh, well, maybe that wasn't so urgent and maybe um, the borrower's um, legal rights were somehow impugned because of what we did. So we just have to be prudent about it. And every title and settlement agent needs to stay close to their underwriters as to what those underwriters 
believe to be allowable in regard to respective states. But we certainly uh, uh, will see that uh, Ron and e-closed transactions, this is the catalyst. It's not going to happen uniformly everywhere. We have uh, still many, many uh, rural counties. The, the majority of the counties in the country really can't take electronic documentation. So um, a lot of this uh, is not an immediate fix. But uh, And again, you need all the stars in alignment. We have a lot of lenders uh, last week, Wells Fargo announced publicly, that they don't close using RON. They're not to that point yet. And we see an awful lot of lenders who are not to that point where they believe that structurally that they're prepared to close using remote online notaries. Uh, someone like Wells Fargo is a big part of the uh, industry. So um, we see that. We see community lenders, and those lenders are looking at four to six weeks. If they don't have those community lenders and they don't have uh, an e-vault, at least four to six weeks before they can get a vendor in to even create an e-vault for them. So we're talking about the middle of May for smaller lenders before they can even get a vendor in, not to say that they actually get an evil created for them. So it could easily be June before that happens. So there's a lot of uh, discussion about Ron. There's a lot of discussion about alternatives, drive-through closings, observing uh, acknowledgements and signatures uh, through a window. Uh, a lot of interesting uh, solutions being looked for, but uh, this is certainly a catalyst for Ron, I think those states that have sat on this, and of course we have a federal law that is churning through Congress that will provide guidelines for uh, those states that don't uh, currently uh, have uh, Ron uh, enabled. But uh, we, yeah, we will certainly see uh, a dramatic change, I think, coming out of this in regard to electronic closing because uh, people will have made the adaptations and, um, and made the investment and uh, they're not gonna go back the old paper process. Hey, Chuck, we covered a lot of ground there. I want to go back to something you said, market by market, obviously, all real estate is local. And that said, you know, we felt the impact of the virus on the West Coast, particularly the Seattle market, very early on. And it was interesting because, you know, I'd talked to somebody in Phoenix or Dallas or other parts of the country, and they certainly were not impacted at that point. Now we're starting to see that. But are there any regions around the country that maybe are more impacted than others? Uh, pretty much, though, uh, say in the Midwest, certainly Chicago and Detroit uh, have been very impacted. Chicago, in no small part, because uh, Cook County and Kane County in Illinois uh, have been closed. Uh, which are, of course, Cook County is the county in which Chicago sits, and Kane County is one of the big suburban counties. So uh, that creates its own set of issues. But, um, but yeah, all, all real estate is local in regard to that, and so we're not going to see uh, in some communities the kind of fallout. The problem that I think we will see is consumer demand. As I learned many years ago from an analyst, uh, it's not a question of what interest rates are. It's not a question of what home prices are. It's a question of demand. And uh, do people want to buy houses? They'll find a way to do it. The first loan I closed as a title and settlement agent was back um, in 19, uh, I guess, in 1980 or 81. And uh, it was uh, a VA loan. The interest rate was 16.5%, and the seller had to pay four points to get that rate bought down. Mm. But people were buying houses, yep. even at that kind of an interest rate, because there was a demand to buy houses. 
if consumer confidence is sluggish in a marketplace, there won't be the demand to buy houses because people are concerned about their jobs in particular. I mean, we have seen uh, uh, major retail giants here in the last 24 to 48 hours talking about significant furloughs and uh, reductions in force. These are retail companies that uh, in combination uh, employ uh, 400,000 people nationally. And so we're going to see that consumer confidence, I think, be a problem. And I think that will bleed into all marketplaces, depending on what job you have, depending on uh, uh, what you do for a living. You know, if you're a defense contractor, you're probably not that concerned. But uh, if uh, you're uh, in uh, a support business that supports other businesses that are being substantially hit, where does that leave you? So, yeah, I think you know, we, we have seen, obviously, you know, the New York uh, residential real estate market's taken a huge hit because of their problems. And we're seeing those cities where there are substantial uh, outbreaks, that the marketplace is uh, on its back. But um, we're going to have we're going to come out of this slowly, I think, until that consumer confidence is back, that uh, it's going to be at least relatively speaking business as usual. Chuck, you'd also touched on the refinance orders what are the concerns about the fallout from those refis? Are these going to close? What happens here? Well, if history is any guide, they won't. The uh, refinances uh, usually take place in a relatively uh, short, magical space of time if they're going to be effective. Uh, any lender who does refinances can tell you that uh, uh, you know, their optimal time is from the time of application to the time that um, you close it, that you get it done in a couple weeks. Those files, though, that uh, aren't going to close, and when I ran title agencies, generally speaking, if we had a refinance file that was more than 90 days old and had uh, not yet closed, we went through all of those files to review them, contact the lenders, are these viable or not? Because quite often you have search expense outstanding in regard to um, these files, and uh, you want to be sure that you keep that search expense as you're managing your business down to a minimum if you're going to have to write this off. You don't want to be left with thousands of uh, searches that you've paid for that uh, on transactions aren't going to close. But uh, And it may even be a shorter time than 90 days at this point. It may be closer to 60 days to go through those files in regard to refinance. But generally speaking, if a refinance doesn't close uh, and say we we have extended times now because the lenders are really busy. But if a refinance probably doesn't close in 60 or 90 days from the time you got the order, I would be asking that lender if it's a viable transaction because lenders don't always have the time, frankly, to reach back to their suppliers and say, well, yeah, it's just dead. And certainly if we see uh, some uh, change in rates, if rates go down, people may uh, cancel those initial applications to rewrite the loan. And uh, and again, if uh, those people have lost their jobs, they may not qualify. So it's, it's something that any title of settlement agent needs to be very uh, attuned to, and they need to stay close to their lender as much as possible so that if there are old files, they need to get them out of their system because uh, most refinance files that say don't close in 60 to 90 days are not going to close. Yeah, good point. We are constantly, I guess, recalibrating our expectations literally every day in this moment. Uh, So as of month end in March, we open April. I think we pretty much generally can agree that we're going to be essentially on lockdown throughout the month of April. 
looking past that, uh, no crystal balls here. I know that, but um, maybe talk us through the next three months, six months into 2021. At this point now, where we're at, how do you see this playing out? Well, um, I think in um, just uh, this last week, uh, the economist Bill Connerly joined uh, Patrick Stone, our uh, founder uh, and chairman, in a dialogue about the economy. And Bill Connerly pointed out that uh, even with what we're dealing with now, our economy is fundamentally sound. That is to say that all the underlying things we had going for us are still there and in place. That being said, the longer this runs, the more this becomes more of a U-shaped recovery than a V-shaped recovery. And again, I'm paraphrasing what Bill and Patrick were saying uh, last week. So again, without uh, trying to look into the future, because um, if uh, I had that capability, then uh, I would be on my private island as we speak. Yeah. But uh, I think that we're, we'll start to see an easing in regard to the buy-sell market. The one market which is going to be very interesting to follow is the commercial market. It's essentially sort of shut down at this moment as far as transactions, but there's a tremendous amount of commercial activity and preparation. A lot of commercial mortgage bankers have said that they believe that the commercial market will come back in a very robust fashion here in the, as early as the next 30 days. And, uh, and we're seeing this too in regard to commercial title underwriting that while transactions, there is no specific closing date, we're still seeing a lot of transactions uh, move through. Now, the rating bureaus, people like Fitch and Moody's, are concerned, obviously, about commercial. Uh, it has to tie to the leisure industry uh, or tie to markets that deal heavily in the leisure industry. Obviously, places like New York, New Orleans, San Francisco, where you have a lot of tourism, you have underlying uh, economies there that... Uh, help support those marketplaces, but where you've got significant tourism, you know, what does that do to the overall market? But, uh, you know, I think there was, uh, you know, we, we've seen uh, some uh, some good news here just in the last 24 hours. Uh, Yum Brands raised $600 million in junk bonds uh, on Monday the 30th. Yum Brands is the parent company of companies like KFC and Taco Bell. Moody's wasn't thrilled about it, but the junk bond investors uh, jumped on it because they saw it as a bargain at the low end, because they believe that, yes, people will come back to KFC, they will come back to Taco Bell, and uh, these companies will come out of this tunnel. And we also saw, too, that a uh, dramatic increase in industrial production in China yesterday, that the Chinese are starting to return to something closer to uh, normal uh, industrial output. That's important for us because we get an awful lot of stuff from them, not the least of which is medical supplies. So that commercial market's going to be very interesting, and the commercial market may return far sooner. And for those who do commercial uh, title and settlement work, they could be very busy in the third and fourth quarters, I think, because, again, we've got very low interest rates. There was a tremendous amount of commercial uh, uh, mortgage-backed paper that was needed to be restructured this year anyway. So, again, that leisure industry, leisure marketplace, there may be concerns there, but an awful lot of commercial uh, may come back here uh, relatively quickly in the third and fourth quarter. But the buy-sell business, I think that's going to be very much uh consumer demand, uh, but though refinances, we will see low interest rates without, well, almost without doubt, at least through the election, 
for a whole bunch of reasons. And uh, so the refinance market should stay pretty strong uh, all the way through uh, third quarter into fourth quarter. 2021, we'll just see what things are like at that point in time. But uh, we will still deal with some old problems. Wire fraud and cybersecurity, I'll add, have grown as a problem in the last week to 10 days with reports from uh, wire fraud uh, prevention services of as much as a five-fold increase in wire fraud attempts. You have people working from home, working on unsecure servers. Uh, the wire fraudsters understand this. And so we're seeing uh, the same problems, and those problems will still be with us on January 1 of 2021. But uh, I think we'll see some changes here, but the buy-sell market's gonna be very interesting market by market as to what underlying demand is like uh, in regard to uh, housing and uh, how fast that comes back to my mind is anybody's guess, though I think we will certainly see an easing and improvement in the third and fourth quarters. And as always, thanks to Chuck Kane, WFG's Executive Vice President for Agency Development, for joining us. And thank you for partnering with WFG. Be sure to use your WFG rep as a resource and leverage the buying power of the WFG Blocks program to save money, access affordable health insurance plans, and tap into the latest technology. To learn more, visit WFGAgent.com. 